fresh and Welcome back to another episode of Fresh and Buds. I'm your host, Tommy Fresh, and you are all my buds. And today, we have an excellent episode with my dear friend, Dagan White, who, I'll be honest, I should have on the show more. He is just a sweet, sweet man and is a wealth of knowledge in the game of Flesh and Blood and trading card games in general. And uh, I we, we are going to have a lot of fun and we're also going to get a little bit spooky because Halloween is coming up here in the States and around the world if you celebrate. And uh, we like to get a little spooky, you know? I, I love spooky season, so that's what we're going to do. But before we get to all that, I do want to shout out the patrons who help keep this show on all the time for 115 episodes. We keep it going. It is an excellent way to support the show. It keeps the mics hot, the lights on. You can find all of this in the show notes, as well as links for the Buds Discord, which is a great place to hang out in this community. And you get links for the YouTube, Twitter, and all that fun stuff. So we're going to have a great time this episode. I just know it. Dagan's the best. And we're going to have uh, a lot of uh, deep conversations and maybe some sillier ones and that's okay because this is fresh and buds i'm tommy fresh and i do what i want with my own show and i hope you all enjoy it now if we're lucky we might be visited by the ghost of charmer aka Derek oswald at the end of the show we don't know he's been kind of fading in and out some sort of apparition here but we will see at the end of the show but until then Here's Dagan. All right, buds. We are here with Dagan White, the zookeeper, our dear, dear friend. Haven't had a chat with him in a minute, and I'm happy that he's here. We were just catching up a little bit before I hit record, and I'm just happy to have you on, Dagan. I mean, this is this has been a, it's been a while. It's been a while, but you know, you're one of my favorite people in the community. You're one of my favorite people in the pro scene. You know, you just kind of you get in there and you're just kind of a silent killer in a way but you know you just you're having a good time and and uh that's what i love about you and uh and i thought you know what you know we're getting a little spooky for this week because halloween's uh in less than a week from now and uh i I figured you know i've seen you dress up a few times in in your day a couple times yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. and then i was like you know what obviously he gets it so dagan first of all how you doing buddy I'm doing great. It's good to be back. I, I haven't talked to you in such a long time. We we're just talking before this. How it hasn't been since like maybe even Baltimore since we talked in person even mm-hmm. like it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. You know, you pop up in the buds discord, uh, you know, from, mm-hmm. from time to time, especially whenever some meta zoo gets mentioned, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like yep. he, he, your spidey senses go off and you, and you hop in. <laughs> but uh, no, no. Yeah, it's been a while. You know, I haven't personally gotten to a lot of live events in a while hopefully uh a little bit more in 2024 but we're all busy people but we did play some pro quest this weekend uh you know personally i went uh to top four at my local pro quest in limited died in in top four unfortunately but you know it was a good time i felt uh i didn't feel confident going into it 
because it was limited and I'd only drafted a couple times. It was like, oh man, uh, mm-hmm. am I ready to force Teclo? Am I going to force Teclo? And then I ended up just kind of reading the open Max Nitro seats and it kind of paid off for me uh, until the end. Obviously, I got fatigued out by a Teclo, but you won a ProQuest this week. I did, yeah. Can you tell us how that went? Uh, you know, because you, you traveled for it. You know, take us from the beginning. Yeah, so for those who don't know, I'm in central Iowa. That's where I live right now. And I had to drive up to Minnesota for a doubleheader weekend so I could play two in the same weekend for efficiency. Uh, luckily, I had a friend up there I could crash with. Uh, shout out to Elijah for being a great dude. Um, I had one CC and one draft. Uh, I played Bravo, the same list I've had on my guide for a while at this point. Nothing too special. I went undefeated into top eight and then immediately died to drawing all reds to Icelander. So it is what it is. Mm. Um, but the, the second one was draft and I forced Teclo all three times and won. Turns out that's just what you do. So Yeah, I mean, Teclo, Teclo is good. I, I will say, uh, I think our, our pro quest was one Teclo, one dash. In, in the finals, but uh, I actually I left before that game even started, so I don't know who took it. But that's fair. Uh, it is. It seems like to be Teclo's format, uh, as opposed to any of the other constructed formats. He hasn't. It hasn't really quite made the splash yet. Uh, this could all change, obviously, and we'll talk about that in a hot second. But mm-hmm. do you find with the limited side of things that? that any hero can can win because we, I saw a lot of success across the board with a lot of different heroes, although Teclo was uh, seemingly the most overwhelmingly uh, successful hero. Uh, I think so. I'm not convinced Dash is quite good enough unless you have some very specific cards, though. So uh, I don't think it'd catch me dead drafting Dash, to be honest. But uh, I think the other two are both very good. Uh Teclo is definitely the best deck to begin with until people figure out how to fight fatigue. Mm-hmm. That's clearly just the best thing to be doing until it's solved for a solution anyway. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. I just forced Teclo. I'm a simple man, so I like blocking. Yes, yes. yes you <laughs> sure do. Uh, and uh, I, I do have to ask, so from your perspective, what are you afraid of on the other side of the table when you're playing Teclo Vossen in draft? Uh, there are certain cards that definitely can push through some damage. Um, what are you most afraid to see? Uh, the name of the game is usually overpower. I'll say you get a you get over uh, Teclo. So you either have like some tall, like a uh, Bulbar, I think it was called, mm-hmm. Max, um, get tall overpower or overload script the item. Those are usually two of the best ways to get over. Um, so, or just the Teclo mirror match and you draw Evos faster than your opponent. That, will, that works too. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I found. Uh, the ratchet up card to be quite good as well. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a good one. It seemed great in 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 Max, and according to some of the buds in the Discord, they also think it's great in Dash as well. But it just seems so smooth to kind of pop your hyperdriver on the turn where you're boosting, and then finish the turn with a ratchet up. It just kind of really pushed mm-hmm. the damage. It felt good in the middle of the game and the end of the game. But that's awesome that you qualified. Are you excited for LA? You're going for sure, right? Yeah, I've never been there before, so I'm super excited. It sounds like a great time. So 
Yeah, well, I know a lot of buds will be there. Hopefully, I can make it out. I have one more chance to qualify, but uh, we will see. I have, a, I have a CC one, which I'm, I, you know, it's funny. I, initially, going into ProQuest season, I was like, well, I, I know my CC deck. This is, I'm more confident there. And then I top four in the limited. And now I'm starting to question myself uh, on the CC side of things based on what we've seen at Dallas and, and, and basically mm-hmm. results around uh, the world on, on ProQuest season. Now, what are your thoughts for this ProQuest season? Like, wh- where where are you on CC, for for example, in terms of how you feel about the format? Is it healthy? Are are we still fighting this Lexi menace for the next three weeks, uh, or or uh, is there a little bit more opening up, especially with the the uh, big showing from Dromai this weekend? Yeah, I think. For this current season, at least while Lexi's around, the format's fairly solved, other than the best Dromai build, probably, since she just got the new cards. But uh, the best aggro deck, I mean, you just play Lexi. You have a way to block Lexi on the other side of the coin, or you play Dromai. I feel like those are just the things you should be doing. Unfortunately, I don't see much room for other decks at the moment. Really? Really? Now, as a uh, as a Bravo player, what decks that perhaps might be dark horses in, in a meta like this uh, that you would be afraid to run into? Like, you, you're obviously expecting Dromaz, you're expecting Lexis, and you're probably expecting a certain amount of Icelanders and, and stuff like that. What are you afraid to see? What would you be afraid that someone solves and brings to uh, the table? I mean, as a Bravo player specifically, I never want to set across from a Turtle Dash because they'll just wreck me. <laughs> um, so maybe there's a form of Hybrid Dash that's fine right now, but I don't know. It's kind of iffy. Really? Well, what about Reinar? What if what if you didn't have a hand? Let's say you were intimidated. <laughs> you know, that would be tough to block, right? I, I I would imagine. That would be the case if we didn't just get two more armor yeah. on so We can have up to like 14 armor if we really wanted to. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it, I mean, and that card, what is it? Um, the the Civic Boots, Steps. Civic Steps is, is yeah. quite good. And a lot of fun in, in Round the Table, I must say. Uh, it is, yeah. And, but I would say a, a Reinar player, a Brute player, would enjoy the quick uh the quicken token they definitely would yeah yeah yeah. out of all the classes i feel like they 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 struggle for for the go again the most but Mm -hmm. still you know reinar isn't quite there and leviah certainly isn't until i play it in two weeks uh and i win undefeated against uh, everything but uh now uh limited bright lights new limited set very different mechanologist only this is this is the most unique set we've had so far. What mm-hmm. are your thoughts as a as a competitive minded player? Is this something that you find skill testing? Uh, you know, I, I know you've forced a lot of tech low, but you know, there's going to be times when you can't do that, right? Because a lot of people are are onto the tech low scent in a way, and you might have to go max or or God forbid dash io, <laughs> right? So, what are your thoughts here? Uh, so there's there's a couple different opinions that kind of go against each other, but I have them both. <laughs> uh, the first one is I'm really happy that I can feel confident forcing something and just go with it, and it'd be fine without having to think about the draft picks too much. But the other side of the coin is that's not the greatest draft experience to begin with either mm-hmm. for the average draft enjoyer. Um, Certainly. You know, and... Maybe maybe that's the problem with a hero like Teklovasa being in this format, 
maybe if they didn't give us a more defensive hero in this format, like it, because all you care about is things that block three t- for the most part, right? And you know, and obviously you want some power cards in there as well mm-hmm. to be able to close out the game, get your evos, uh, yada yada yada. But when you only care about blocking to like for ninety percent of the game, the drafting experience becomes very narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, where I do feel like Dash and Max have a little bit more nuance to what you need to pick and and what you need to read. Uh, and you know, is there any validity to kind of saying that Bright Lights is a is a good limited format for for the people who aren't blocking all the time? Uh, I think it is. You can still pull off some pretty crazy combos with uh, Max and even Dash. You can have some super tall, like unblockable attacks and just kill people, or flashy boom grenade plays. Like you can still do some really fun stuff in the format. So I think I think for now. My opinion is it's still a fun draft set, and I'd be drafting it for a while, but that could change, depending. Yeah, well, I mean, you're going to have to draft it at Worlds. You're going to Worlds, correct? Mm-hmm. I am, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, you know, maybe we'll see some tech low action, or maybe we'll see you draft Dash at Worlds. That would be, I'm calling it now, you have to, dra- you, you, you read your seat, you, you draft Dash, you got 10 boom grenades, and and you go 3-0 in, in that draft. And uh, we're calling it now here, folks. But now, Lexi, the the boogeyman of mm-hmm. the format uh, right now, has finally hit the Living Legends points. I thought it already had, to be honest, like a week ago. But maybe I was wrong. Obviously, I was wrong because it was officially announced this week. So... That means that Lexi will not be present at Worlds uh, minus Living Legends format if anybody decides to bring Lexi to that. Uh, what what do you think the meta is going to look like for CC at, at Worlds with without this this dominant deck that we've been dealing with for, for quite some time? I'm so excited she's dead. <laughs> it's, it, it gives other decks the room to breathe to be able to set up like literally anything without just getting run over immediately. I mean, you'll have decks like Fire Katsu, but you can kind of block them, and you can have a plan for them that makes sense, but Lexi just runs over anything that tries to set up, it feels like. Um, so the the Metaphor Worlds, I expect like four kind of decks to be like in a, in a flux, I suppose. So we got Guardian, Bravo, which I can't imagine myself not playing, to nobody's mm-hmm. surprise. Um, there's Dromai, which is obviously very strong. I mean, it's proven itself even in the Lexi meta, so that'll be huge going forward with the new tome. It's nuts. Uh, Icelander, still very good. She now has more room to breathe without Lexi just destroying her immediately. Mm-hmm. So she'll have play into the Bravos and maybe the Dromais. We'll see. And then uh, I think Ninjas will have the biggest resurgence in play as the premier aggro deck between Fi or Katsu even. I mean that that makes a lot of sense. I mean even even Katsu, right? You know, Fi has always had like this kind of really pop off kind of potential, right? And Katsu mm-hmm. has too, but like playing against Bonds in in Katsu does feel oppressive, right? And it, it was it's almost <laughs> some, sometimes feels like how is this not like at the top of the meta? Obviously, things like like Lexi and 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 whatnot kind of hold it back, but. It should be interesting. We see a resurgence of Ninja. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. Dromai maybe comes back down a little bit 
and uh, you know it's going to be interesting. Now Azuri is is a is a hero that kind of is teetering on the edge, right? I always feel like, and it definitely got some some support in in uh, in bright lights from the expansion slot. Do you see Azuri kind of making uh, a, a nice little resurgence as well? Um, I'll be honest, I don't have the most experience with Azuri because she has that kind of guardian play style, but in my opinion, guardian just kind of does that better. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine she has a very tough matchup into Dromai, and if you're having an issue into that deck, then I feel like you might want to reevaluate what you're playing. I could be wrong, but that's what it feels like to me on the surface. So, yeah, well, we, we will see. I mean, there, there's certainly going to be people trying to make it work and, and mm-hmm. obviously, there's a lot of factors at Worlds, right? I mean, you gotta you gotta do well draft as well to even get to the point where where your right. CC deck matters. Um, it's nice that we don't have to do a blitz this time. I, I feel like, True. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, some people might disagree. But as someone who who doesn't play a lot of blitz, I'm happy. And uh, you know, we will see. Now, let's talk about fresh faves. When, we, when you first came, we did your regular Fresh Fades, your favorite of all mm-hmm. times. This, we're going to do Bright Lights, and we're going to have a special Fresh Faves after this, but we're going to do your favorites from Bright Lights. So first, I think we know the answer to this mm-hmm. based on our conversation already. Who is your favorite hero from Bright Lights? Echo. It's not close. <laughs> <laughs> now, so the question is here, is there a world where you're going to ever try to make it work in CC? I wish. I, I really wish he was good. Mm-hmm. I, I messed with him a little bit. I don't see it yet. He's too slow. Um, and if you do transform into your demi hero, there's just too many cards that just kill you on the spot. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I choose better. I hope he gets more support because the playstyle is very cool, and I like him a lot. But I just don't see it yet. It really is. Yeah, I think, you know, and we I've talked about it on the show a couple of times the past couple of weeks, but I, I feel like Singularity is, is somewhat of a trap. If mm-hmm. it's ever going to be a competitive deck, it might have to just kind of forgo that because I agree. it seems yeah. like a lot to, like, just lose. Uh, but it's still very cool and very flavorful, and I understand why people like it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I mean... Th- this you might have a different answer for this, but what's your favorite weapon from the set? From Bright Lights? Yeah. Uh, I like Banksy yeah. as a weapon. I think that's pretty cool. I mean, you get to hit people with a big wrench, and you get to put counters on stuff. Like that's just, I like the design of that one a lot. It's cool. Yeah, that one. That one is probably the coolest. I understand the pistol is pretty neat too. That you can kind of like bank up mm-hmm. like some some bullets and and then fire them off when you get extra things but i the techno leveler feels so clunky to me i don't know if you feel the same way also just a kind of a boring weapon <laughs> let's <Yeah>. be honest <laughs> yeah you know you can block people with a hammer it's just kind of like the shoot for two kind of i guess yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's yeah it's totally serviceable but yeah banks yeah. is the real star of the show i mean such a, yeah. yeah yeah it's so good but What's your favorite equipment? Now, there's a lot of options here. We got Evos. We got actual equipment. We, we you know, we have a lot of things going on. Uh, I mean, to nobody's surprise, it's probably going to be the one, the majestic blue block threes. <laughs> They're blue, they block three, and they can give you more armor. Like, what more do I need to say about them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Steel Soul, is that is that that, uh, uh, that cycle? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I could care less about the text, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the rest yeah. is so good to me. I don't even need it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. And like, and you don't even, especially in draft, you don't even feel bad picking it. 
right? Like even right. if you're yeah, not in in the blue block three. Yeah, blue block three. Yeah, great. And then maybe I'll be able to throw it on my boots or something like, like that. You go first. You now have a bunch of extra life. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Now, what's your favorite run of the mill card? A non attack action, attack action. I don't think there's well, there's a couple instance in the set, but uh, what's your favorite card you put in your deck? Mm. It blocks well. I'm sure you can guess what it is. Um, it's oh, like one of the best blocking cards. Is it? Uh, is it? Uh, is it firewall? I guess yeah, firewall. It's, firewall? <laughs> it's just so good. It's just <laughs> block for like it's so good. You can dig for your evos. Yeah. The uh, the other card though, the other block that gets plus two when you block with overpowers. Mm. That thing helped me win ProQuest by itself. Oh, there is yeah. a so story time. There was this one turn where I blocked for two on a bank seat while there was an overload script in play. And I just completely brain farted. So I put the counter on it and I was like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> and then the next turn, I draw the defense card that blocks for five when it blocks an overpower attack and it saved my life. Wow. It was amazing. It <laughs> so was... <laughs> I got rewarded for making the wrong play. The, the one, the Dagonoid one brain cell worked in your favor yet again. It's almost not fair, Dagon. I will say. All part of the plan. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Galvanic uh, block card? Uh, it's, I forget oh, what that yeah, one's yeah. called. That, that, that one can get... Yeah. yeah. It's okay. I mean, it's serviceable. I don't find that the decks looking for that kind of card will be galvanizing that much, probably. But it's probably really good in dash, I guess. So. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and and it feels weird in Max if you if you have to start popping your hyper drivers like right. only out of necessity. You play the card that you want to attack with, but need to galvanic something. I guess yeah, I don't think it's something you want to be doing. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Now it is Halloween week. We're within one week of Halloween, as I mentioned. So we're gonna get into some spectacular savings right now. Uh, if if anybody remembers how how they used to market uh any kind of sale that was going on it was always spooktacular so we're gonna have yeah. a spooktacular time um now we're gonna do we just did fresh faves now we're each gonna do our our spooky fresh faves right so as as always fresh faves means favorite hero favorite weapon favorite equipment uh and favorite other card type but this is going to be spooky version <laughs> so uh we'll we'll go back and forth I'll choose my spookiest hero, then you choose your spookiest hero, and then we'll go so on and so forth. Does that sound like okay. a plan, Diggin? Sure, let's do it. I got to go Levi, obviously, for my spookiest hero. You know, there, mm -hmm. there are a lot of great options here. You know, a lot of the Rune Blades are pretty spooky. Um, to be honest, in, in a way, Starvo has felt spooky in, 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 in certain certain ways. So, I, but I got to go Leviah. It is the, she's very grotesque and, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, very, it's a creature feature of a card, which, which, uh, you know, I love a good creature feature. So I got to go Leviah. What's yours? It's definitely hard to argue with that being the best spooky hero for sure. But I'm going to go with Oldham because he's dead. I love him. <laughs> the ghost of Oldham. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, nobody wants to play against him. He's spooky. Like, he's the old man always looming over. You just have to deal with him. So I will say, you know, his art looks a little bit like the ghost of Christmas present in a way. If yeah. anybody's a big Christmas Carol fan, uh, there are certain interpretations of that Charles Dick's, Dickens uh, play and, and book where it's just 
basically Father Christmas is, mm-hmm. is, is the ghost of Christmas. Present. He's the grandfather of eternity. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's always there. <laughs> always there, always watching, unfortunately. <laughs> um, my spookiest weapon is going to be Hellhammer. I, I was going to go Hexagore, but Hellhammer, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a new addition to the fray in the past couple months. I think mm-hmm. that card looks spooky. It feels very grotesque. It feels more like a creature in a way than than Hexagore. Hexagore actually felt like a weapon, but he- Hellhammer looks like it like was made out of yeah. like somebody's flesh a little bit more. Weapon in the game. What was that? Metal weapon in the game. Oh yeah, definitely. So I gotta go Hellhammer. You know, mm-hmm. uh, here most definitely. What about you? I'm going to go with Reaping Blade. Ooh, yeah. A really good spooky weapon. I, I think in the flavor, if I remember right, it was like made of somebody's spine or something. I, I think that was Reaping Blade. Like, you, you can't compete with that either. Like, nobody gets to gain life. You suffer with me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reaping Blade. Yeah, there was a couple of good options in, in, in the, the side of, of the Rune Blade stuff. Reaping Blade is a great <laughs> option. And then what's the, the Scythe? The scythe is also oh, very scythe, spooky. yeah, yeah, very spooky. Um, now equipment. This is a tough one because he, he can obviously go with the the shrouds, um, mm-hmm. uh, the darkness, uh, you know, stuff from from dusk till dawn. But uh, God, I gotta go with scowling flesh bag here. It okay. is it is the most gory of of mm-hmm. the of the equipment. I think, and and if I'm gonna keep going with these creature feature gory slasher kind of vibes, I gotta go with scowling fleshback. Obviously, I'm sticking in the brute realm here, but I think, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, scowling fleshback's gotta be the spookiest equipment to me. That's a good one. Uh, I guess I'll go along with that. We'll go with carrion husk. Yeah, I mean, like, that, I, it's <laughs> you're it's an entire corpse. Like it's a husk. Yeah, it's it's and it looks it, the that art was always pretty gripping to me because it's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool cuz like it it feels huge which it obviously is because yeah, yeah. It, it's six block but it, but it, it's also spooky and and purpley and and dark and, mm-hmm. and really really fun now. Uh I got to say my my other card type here. Now, should I stay with brute? I don't know, but I, I got to go with, um, oh man, what the, what the heck? Consuming, it is a Rune Blade card. God, Consuming. Volition? Consuming Volition, Volition yes. Yeah, that's so, a good one. This is a card that I talked with Anna uh, from uh, Anna Shreve last year on Halloween, how spooky that art is, basically where it's the creature's tongue is pretending to be the yeah. the thing that's kind of luring the, the, the hero in. Oh, so good. So good. What about you? Man, I don't even know how I can compete with that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> such a good one. Spooky card. I'm going to go with Pummel, I guess. Pummel? Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's the threat. You see your opponent's got two resources. It's just looming over you. That doom. It's like, do I die? I guess we find out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a great. I mean, if there's anything that people are afraid of the it's most pummel, yeah. in this game, it's a pummel, right? You see mm-hmm. those two resources, you see that one resource and the tunic up. You're just like, yep. God, please, 
please, just this once, do not be the pummel. And always is. It always yeah, is. Every time. Uh, but no, those are some great, great, uh, great picks right there, Dagan. And, you know, kind of getting me in the spooky mood here. Now, I just wanted to bring up, you know, before we get to, we have a lot, a lot of listener questions, but before we get to them, I wanted to bring up the topic of cryptids, right? Okay. You know, your, your Bigfoots, your Mothmans, you know, your all, all these different things. And the only reason I want to bring it up with you is mm-hmm. because, you know, your, your MetaZoo shenanigans, right? That, yeah. That'll yeah. happen. We talked about them when you were on the show last time, but, you know, Obviously, you played that game and how it features a lot of cryptids. I don't think in a in a good way. To if mm-hmm. I'm being totally honest, yeah. and you know, I, I don't want to <laughs> sit here and totally dunk on a different game, but uh, I don't like that one, and mostly because of uh, you know my friendship with you, and also just it doesn't look that great to be honest. But I need to know: Have you had a a relationship with cryptids in, in general prior to MetaZoo. Now I, I saw you post something about your dad who had yes. written something. Is it, and mm-hmm. I, I want you to enlighten us a little bit about that and what he wrote uh, about. Yeah. Yeah. So most states in the U S have like a cryptid that uh, is kind of attached to the state, I guess. Uh, Iowa where I'm from has one called the van meter visitor, which from a small town in Iowa called Van Meter. It's kind of like this giant, like, bat pterodactyl-looking creature. Um, uh, there's not that much lore behind it, to be honest. But there's this festival every year where people read, like, short stories and get kind of spooky regarding the Van Meter visitors, like little tours and sightings and stuff. It, it's cute, I guess. Um, <laughs> my, my dad wrote, like, a short story on uh, the Van Meter Visitor, which you can find on Amazon if you're into that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, nothing too crazy. It's just kind of like a small short story talking about like a an account of that, I suppose. So, so I got I got to ask though, since <laughs> your dad was kind of involved, I guess, in the cryptid scene in a way, sure. right? wrote a yeah. short story. Uh. Did did that ever make you kind of get into them in in a certain way? Because I don't know if you could tell, but I I I love the lore and the idea of cryptids, right? You know, I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> Obviously, we had the Jersey Devil. That's okay, that's right, our big yeah. one. And then the <laughs> Pennsylvania, which I'm I live right across the the bridge from, has I think the Squonk or something like that. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That one's a little, you know, <laughs> the jury's still out on Pennsylvania, but New Jersey does have a pretty legendary one, the Jersey Devil. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, what, what are your thoughts on cryptids in general? I remove MetaZoo from the equation, yeah. which I think we I, already have plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> I I think it's really cool. It's a good. They're they're such a good outlet for people to write like creepy stories around certain characters that are like fair use or whatever. Um, I think cryptids are super cool. They're all like unique creatures with their own unique, uh, I guess, I don't know, attributes, I suppose. But they're they're a good subject for Halloween season, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And so I got to ask you, I got two questions for you. The first one, what is your favorite cryptid? And if it is the the Van Meter Visitor, uh, um, what would be your second favorite? Because obviously, you know, we all kind of like our hometown hero uh, in a Mm -hmm. way. Uh, what is your favorite cryptid? 
Uh, I think if I remember right, I mean, granted, I learned about a lot of other smaller cryptids from MetaZoo in like that month that was playing the game or whatever. But uh, I, I vaguely remember one called like the Smiling Man. I forget what state that was from. Um, but he's basically like this guy who just kind of showed up in the middle of the night and didn't really do anything. He's just, just kind of like this guy in a suit and he had like this giant like yellowish face and he was just kind of there, you know? He's just a dude. I thought I think, that was just kind of cool, but I think it's almost it scarier. He wasn't like any crazy creature. He's just like a guy, but yeah. he's in like all the cryptid lore and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I thought just, that was kind of cool. Just like hanging out. He really. just had a normal face. Yeah, <laughs> he was there for the vibes. Now, exactly. uh, so that's your favorite. Now there are a lot of great options here for this next question, right? Mm-hmm. Which cryptid would you like? to see as a flesh and blood hero. And, you know, I don't want people to, you know, get out here and say, no, flesh and blood is not going to be MetaZoo. That's correct. Because they'll do it right, LSS, right? You know, (laughs) they know a lot about cryptids in New Zealand. Which would be the best flesh and blood hero as a cryptid? I feel like the easiest choice would be Bigfoot as a brute. (laughs) Like, it's just so easy. Yeah, Bigfoot as a brute would be huge. I mean, Mothman, so what I, I think of the big three, or maybe big four, right? Mothman, Bigfoot, uh, Jersey Devil, and Loch Ness Monster. Uh, oh, sure, yeah. Nessie, uh, as some people have, have come to call her. Um, I think they all be good good examples, but I do really love Sasquatch as, as a brute. I mean, it makes the most sense there was a new video out like, what was that that's awesome all people is bigfoot like that's not the like <laughs> that would be really sweet right that would be pretty yeah. cool and, and the armor would be like it would be one of those things like the the uh effect of the bigfoot hero would be it's like brute sasquatch whatever and uh the 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 effect text would say uh you cannot have armor you start with like extra life or something like extra like blocking power because you know bigfoot doesn't big wear clothes <laughs> what was that big naked hairy guy yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and most likely just a dude that was out there messing around with people in the woods but you know right. that's that's uh totally fine now uh yeah i, I don't know I, i'd like to bring up cryptids just because like any, anytime it gets to halloween i just want to talk about them and, uh, you know, just kind of get, get people, and, and, you know, you have experience with it, you know, whether it's your dad or, or MetaZoo. Although, you know, as we stated, MetaZoo bastardized cryptids, in my opinion. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, unless you really like that, then I agree with whoever you are that really like it. Uh, now let's get to some <laughs> listener questions, Dagan. The first comes from Jeffo. Uh, dear, dear Jeffo out of uh, Pennsylvania. Maybe Jeff knows the squonk. Uh, Jeff asks, what's the spookiest thing that has occurred in your life that defies explanation? Um, and he, he puts the caveat here, the events that occurred at the Smash with Green Tree team Airbnb don't count. I knew that because, I mean, they were spooky. But um, do you have a, a story for this? Because I got a great one. I really don't, and I wish I did. But so, but yeah, please share yours. Okay, so everybody, turn down if you're listening at home, turn down your lights right now, because this is a spooky story. Years ago, I used to play a game called Magic: The Gathering. Uh, 
you know, and that's it. That's the story. No, um, uh, no, I used to play a game called Magic the Gathering at a store in Doylestown, Pennsylvania called Cyborg One. Now, uh, that was about a 20 to 30 minute drive for me. Not too bad. But in between where I lived and that store was all back roads, right? So one night, and it was a, it was a summer night. I remember it clearly. I think it was like June, late June. And it was stormy. Like it, it was like kind of like had the heat lightning going on, but it hadn't really started pouring yet. But as soon as I started driving, it started pouring. And I'm driving down this very long, very, very long country road. And, uh, and I will, well, I will say I'm a little bit ashamed of how I acted in, in this, this moment that happened to me. I'm driving. I see maybe 200 yards or 200 meters for our international fans out there, uh, away. I saw something across starting to cross the road. I'm like, okay, maybe that's a deer. There's a lot of deer in my area whatever i'll start slowing down a little bit but it looks like it's almost across the road as i got closer to it um it was a naked man full-grown man walking away from a house butt naked shivering and into the dark woods now what yeah i swear to god i swear to god and and i being the uh 19 year old maybe that I was um, decided not to stop and see how, if this person was okay, I was like, I've seen this horror movie a million times. I'm not stopping. And I sped up and I told myself somebody else would help that person. Um, I feel bad for not stopping, but also it was terrifying to me. He just was like going into the woods, right? He wasn't like going towards the road. No, he's going into the woods. Like by the time I already passed him, he was in the woods. It was dark. Oh, like, well, yeah, I mean, at that point, there's definitely no reason to stop. He clearly doesn't want you. He wants to go into the woods. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I the, the person was a little bit older. Certainly uh-huh. not, like, decrepit or anything like that. Certainly maybe maybe in early 60s. So, like, mm-hmm. should have been with it, I think. Um, but, you know, part of me is like, oh, maybe this person needed help. But uh, I hope that person did need help. But also, I have to say, and I'm also ashamed of this. From that day forward, whenever I passed that house, it was for sale. Uh, oh no! For, for about eight years, nobody bought it. So I don't know if that's confirmation that the house was haunted, but and and some wild things happened. But that was uh, pretty crazy. I checked the news; nothing, nothing crazy. So maybe it was some sort of apparition, but it was the spookiest night of my life, and it's the craziest story that's ever happened to me. And I will also say. At the time, I was, I, you know, it was, it was summer, so it was hot, and it's always cooler in the, the basement where I lived. Actually, where I live currently, I'm back in this house. And that night, I decided, you know what, I'm going back up to my bedroom because uh, the, the, the basement was just a little too spooky for me. But, yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And it was, that's uh, pretty crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I guess the moral of the story is don't play Magic the Gathering, I guess. I <laughs> but uh, no, I'm kidding. If you if that's what you like, that's what you like. Uh, next question comes from Smithle, who runs a excellent Discord for Commoner, where you can do Commoner lease called... Uh, uh, fla- uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Sorry, Smithle. But uh, 
It's a great check them out on on uh, on Twitter, Smithle Gaming. Uh, growing up, was there a movie, show, or or anything else that terrified you so much that it still occasionally messes with you today? Now he cited his own fear of driving behind a truck with logs based on the final destination movie, which is totally valid. Uh, A lot of people have that one. Yeah. Dagan, is there anything that scares you like that? This is going to sound really weird, but the original Spider-Man movie, that scene where he first gets bit by the spider and it zooms in on its face or whatever. I remember watching this and I was like, I don't know. I had to have been like three or four years old, so I don't know how I remember this. But for some reason, that scene like always stuck with me, and I've never liked spiders like in general. Really? So I, I, yeah, like I don't know what it is about that scene that sticks in my head because it's like nothing crazy. But maybe it's just because when I saw it so young, it just stuck with me. But you know, it's yeah, it's, Spider-Man, I guess. I don't. <laughs> that is totally fair, and you know, for for those of you who don't know. Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 were all directed by Sam Raimi, who is a horror director. And that's why Willem Dafoe was actually pretty terrifying in, in Spider-Man 1 as like yeah. you know, a Greek goblin. There were there were moments like I remember that's as a fair, kid yeah. being scared. And now uh I gotta say Deep Blue Sea is like a, a movie, is like a, a shark movie. Stupid. Okay. LL Cool J was in it. Um, I think even Samuel Jackson was in it and he gets like <laughs> eaten by a shark, like totally randomly. <laughs> um, uh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, but there is something about that movie. Like, and I, I love jaws and stuff like that, but there's something about it where there is a, a point where, where people are just like totally disrespecting the, the fact that there's sharks in this water. And it's really, they're just like hanging off by the side and, you know, things go poorly. So there's something about kind of hanging around dark water mm-hmm. because of that movie. You know, I can go into the, in the water, like to the beach during the day, but at night, I don't know. It's just, I mean, that... water is just inherently scary. You can't see what's under there. And there's so many unknown sea creatures. We just don't know about like, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. It's, you know, we don't really just like explore it enough. And okay. therefore the unknown is terrifying. Now, the next question is flesh and blood related, and it comes from uh, another podcaster in in the flesh and blood world. It goes by the name of Flake, also known as uh, Matthew DiMarco. Uh, he hails from Canada, and uh, his question is, and it's an interesting question. I'm interested to see how you answer this because mm-hmm. I have some thoughts on on the question itself. So I want to see where you land on this because Flake asks you. What do you think is the cause of your performance drops on day twos, right? You know, you, you do very well on, on day ones and you seem to struggle in day twos of major tournaments. Uh, so what would you, what would you say your answer is to this? Because it's a very interesting question. And of course, someone like Flake would, would ask it. So, yeah, I mean, First of all, it is a good meme. It's kind of funny to joke that it was, I, I can't finish day twos, but I always do well. Um, but there, there is a very real reason behind it, and it kind of compounds. There's like a handful of reasons that all stack together, and it's something I actively look towards trying to get better, actually. So, I mean, there's the obvious answers of um, like just the mental fatigue and not having enough food or water over the course of the day. That's something that's a relatively easy fix. 
But the two others that are a huge pain for me specifically are the the long term effects I've had from like uh, depression and stuff growing up. I just always have that mental baggage or the weights that like physically hold me back a lot of the time. That can be a big problem. Um, and then there's also the constant headaches I get just by existing. And a lot of the times the event center lights are really terrible. Uh, I remember the first time I met uh, Dale and Mac as an example. I didn't even recognize the person sitting in front of me because I could barely see and I wanted to throw up so badly. And it was the last round of like a day one or something. I just had to finish that game so I could go like throw up or something. It was bad. But at the end of the day, I get mentally exhausted very easily because there's so much dragging me down. And a lot of the time, I'll just hit that mental block sometimes. and I can't think through lines. Um, so that's a major struggle I, I have to get through, I suppose. Well, you know what? And, and these are all valid reasons for, for people's performance to kind of lag right like obviously the food thing right like that's the toughest right that's an excuse honestly but yeah but it's tough like when you're in the zone and like you're playing cards or you know decks that block a lot you're going Uh, to time a lot you don't have a lot of time to do that um Mm -hmm. but but you you know you you pull it through in and and i understand you're saying that you have mental fatigue you know long days uh, in, but you, you perform very well in, in uh, day one. But I also, I wanted to say, you know, when I saw this question, I'm glad Flake asked it. Um, you know, I, I find that this kind of question and, you know, this is no slight to Flake or anything like that. This is kind of a, a topic that kind of comes up in competitive card games and, and gaming in general. I think it, it it's the results oriented thinking uh, mm-hmm. conundrum that that we all deal with right you're just like oh man like I, I i couldn't close out but you know when when you're when you're when you're thinking about it in reality right you you kill day one and all of a sudden you're you're in a, a field of of a bunch of other people that killed day one and right certainly you know you you're all deserve to be there in day two right and it just gets harder and, and, and the mental fatigue is a real thing. And uh, just because maybe we don't win these events doesn't mean you don't perform well. Right. right. And, yeah. and, and you've had a lot of great finishes over your career, especially in flesh and blood um, and almost in MetaZoo until they did what they did. But, you know, uh, it, but it is, I think it's, it, it, this is, this suffers from the, the results oriented thinking problem that a lot of competitive players have and i think it's 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 important to realize that and kind of step away from it because just because you're not closing out your whole weekend doesn't mean you didn't have a great weekend right yeah of course and certainly there's things and you you recognize them you know what you can work on right and and the lighting does suck at these convention centers i have to wear sunglasses sometimes and i get made fun of but like i don't care i have to not die so <laughs> yeah well you know what the best poker players in the world do it i mean maybe for other reasons but <laughs> yeah but like why why can't why can't uh flesh and blood or other trade card trading card game players do the same so you know it is it's brutal you know i i look forward to the day when we can have a <laughs> A tournament just outside uh, obviously that wouldn't really work well but it'd be pretty neat to at least yep. try it or like a green well not green room to get really hot but like you know 
skylights or something like that rather than than the the, the I've seen a lot of the european venues have like very open event areas similar to what you're talking about yeah and we just don't really have those over in the u.s as much no yeah, yeah i mean you know that's that's just the name of the game over here like you know we we're very utilitarian kind of just like build these big things and like that's, yeah. this is what they have for conventions and that's it um uh you know obviously some have some nice flair like i even think the baltimore convention center is very beautiful the way they kind of built that but uh still has that that kind of terrible lighting but you know there th- these are all things you can work on but i also think that getting stuck in that like idea of like i i am not doing as well at day two is not a good place to be i think for your mental health mm-hmm. or any player's mental health anybody listening right because you know you, you this is pro quest season right a lot of us are going to make top eights only one person gets that qualifier right exactly it's it's one of those things you have to learn especially when you play card games for such a long time you just have to focus on the things you can control and then do the best you can in the moment with what you have. At the end of the day, it's just what you have to do. So Absolutely. And I will say, you know, something that I I actually remember fondly when we were all in in Charlotte. We were staying together at the mm-hmm. Airbnb and to kind of see you cut loose after the tournaments. <laughs> Yeah. You know, he's just like, I mean, not like Dagan was out here partying like an animal, but you know, he was, he was, he was relaxed, you know, for the mm-hmm. listener, he was relaxed. He was having a good time. He was chilling with all the buds. And, and I, th- I felt like that was a positive experience for you, especially in, in relation to the tournament as a whole. So I just want people to take that home and like kind of realize that, you know what? Maybe Dagan has great day ones and maybe he doesn't close them out, but that doesn't mean the weekend doesn't was a wash. I think Dagan still does does great. So, you know, we still play at the end of the day to have a good time. So, yeah, but thank you for the question, Flake. Uh, you you should start your own podcast and ask questions like that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, next question comes from Tommy's top picks, and I don't know what this means, but uh, what changes will Hello Kitty bring to the meta? Good, because I have no idea what this meant either. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it means either, but I'm going to say, what does... <laughs> I'm going to interpret it how I would interpret it. I think Hello Kitty is the new Katsu Crouching Tiger deck that nobody's okay. talking about enough or something. Uh, crouching Tigers, are are they the truth? I wish. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're cool. They're, they're just... It ain't it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think you can add a little spice to the Katsu deck with some Crouching Tiger stuff, mm-hmm. but you can't really... I mean, if your it. opponent knows how to block it, there's not a whole lot you can really do inside your hands at that point, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this question comes from Sigma, who who says... Um, you know, he, he specifies this question for David because he knows I don't know the answer. Uh, what are the best tools for Chain to fight Warmongers? Uh, in the uh, LL format, or is he just dead to Warmongers and we should give up on Chain and LL? Uh, I'm not a huge Chain player, so I'm not the best person to ask. But in terms of the Living Legend format as a whole, I can't imagine it would be many other decks other than like Starbo and Stubby's Fi. So I haven't put much thought into Chain, to be honest, as cool as playing a banned sword is. I, I... 
I'm sorry, I don't have a good answer for you. And it's not great for you. Yeah, change change the. I, that's an interesting format, actually. You know, I, let's talk about Living Legends for a hot second here, because I haven't really talked about about it much. We had like one tournament AGE put mm-hmm. on. Um, what what are your thoughts here? Because obviously, it's a format for people who like to do busted stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like if if that's what you like to do, have at it. What can what what should we expect as just like your your everyday flesh and blood players from this format? Do you think they're going to push it um, in in a large way for for like competitive formats, you know, at tournaments and stuff like that, or or is this something that it's just kind of live like blitz, right? Sometimes we see blitz battle hardens, but uh, not often, and it's obviously not even in worlds anymore. Yeah, I, I hope it's not, like, a super competitive format ever. And if it is, maybe it turns into, like, the like the legacy format of Magic with a separate ban list eventually, if that's what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have more fun with it than Blitz, personally. I'm not a huge fan of Blitz. But uh, other than, like, goofing around with Dad and Doll or something. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it's that open, to be honest. You're going to do a bunch of cool, flashy things. And it's cool for like an armory format. Everybody just gets to let loose and have a good time. But I am not a huge fan of it being a big competitive format unless there's some other kind of changes. Yeah. And we will see uh, how the... There is one tournament in Barcelona. I forget what... Uh, it's it's a battle-hardened, battle I think. Hard. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, you know, the AGE one was rather small. So right. the sample size is pretty small. We don't really know what's going to go on uh, at a large scale. And obviously... The battle harden is going to be pretty big, so we'll we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, hopefully it ends up being something a little bit healthier than it seemed. But I hope so. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot to explore there. Uh, next question comes from Capolo, who asks if you were to bring anything from Alpha Clash to Flesh and Blood, what would it be? Uh, and also the other way around. Um. I guess for those who don't know, Alpha Clash is like this superhero trading card game. Uh, the creator of the game is local to me, so I helped uh, play test like the second set for balancing and stuff. I gave him some input and stuff like that. Uh, I haven't been as active in the third set because I'm focused on Flesh and Blood at the moment with Worlds coming up and everything. But uh, uh, that's, that's your context for what Alpha Clash is. Um, some skills I've taken from Flesh and Blood to Alpha Clash uh, the main contender I like to play is called Clarity, and her passive ability, similar to like a hero ability in Flesh and Blood, I get to opt to at the beginning of every turn, just for free. It's crazy. Okay. So I, um, what I like to do with her is kind of pitch deck, similar to how I would with Oldham. Because you opt, and you don't shuffle that much. I mean, you can with a couple cards, but you can kind of know the order of cards are coming back up for combos later in the game, stuff like that. So you can kind of pitch deck in Alpha Clash, depending on the deck you play as well. Um, and then for Alpha Clash to Flesh and Blood, <laughs> I got nothing, honestly. All right, all right. <laughs> I mean, Fab's a pretty well-rounded game, right? right? You kind of have everything, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe, and this is something that they seem to be working on, is maybe adding a little bit more variance for, for the beginners out there, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's that's the biggest hurdle. That, that folks need to kind of jump over because, you know, I talk to a lot of people at, at armories and I'm losing every week to the more skilled player uh, can be tough. 
So, uh, yeah, variants, but that's that's something that's in every trading card game, and you can bring it over to Flesh and Blood from there. Right. Um, I haven't tried Alpha Clash, but you know I've seen some cards. They're interesting looking. I'm not I'm not big on the 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 superhero vibe, but you that's know uh, yeah. I'm more of a fantasy guy. But you know as 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 is apparent by my opinions on mechanologists uh, in the past <laughs> couple <laughs> couple episodes, but. You know, I'm coming around on bright lights, at least as, from a limited uh, uh, perspective. Now, the next question comes from Chuck N. Lee. What do you find so compelling about hyper control, super late game decks, regardless of the trading card game you play? That really does seem to be my MO at this point, no matter what game I play. I mean, the weekend before ProQuest, I was doing a doubleheader in Ohio, one for Lorcana and one for Alpha Clash, and I was playing the big control decks in those games, too. So, <laughs> um, I, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to, I feel like I have the most control over the game on my side, where if I lose, it's usually just my fault. Like I did something wrong. I, I feel like I have the most agency, whether that's correct or not. That's, that's for debate. I just don't like the aggressive play style, because sometimes it really does just feel like a coin flip, especially in mirror matches. The unfortunate downside being I might not have time to go to the bathroom, but you know, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Maybe you can work on that. Maybe <laughs> closing out the game a little bit quicker so you can use the restroom. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, it, it takes a special kind of person, right? To, to kind of play those control style decks. And uh, certainly you are very skilled at it. You know, I would put you up there with a lot of the best control style deck players in, in, in flesh and blood and, and elsewhere, you know, from what I've seen, you are our own little Gabriel Nassif over here, uh, for, for the magic fans out there. But that's a big statement. That means yeah, a lot. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, I, you play a little bit quicker than him, I think too. So, you know, that's that true. I, <laughs> yeah. I play a lot faster. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you got one thing on him. Um, <laughs> now, the last question comes from Gary, who's uh, also known as Mr. Viz, also known as um, Gary, uh, <laughs> uh, who, who asks, any fun armory events lately? Uh, should LSS have a fan-made format section on the site to feature extra creative LGSs like your own? Uh, lately, we haven't had as many. Um, I mean, we had our most recent battle for that belt tournament um for those who don't know or haven't seen me around with this obnoxious flesh and blood belt i wear around sometimes we have a local event where we have a local guy named roadie absolute legend who comes up with a format of random rules and stuff and we don't know ahead of time and we all just have to play with whatever he gives us it's a great time usually it's pack battles with special rules so like it's basically shuffle up and play before it was a thing kind of except you shuffle up all the equipment in the deck as well. You only take out the tokens. And when you draw them, they just immediately go into play and you draw a replacement card. So you always get that feeling of drawing equipment and just slamming it on the table. It, it's incredible, honestly. I would highly suggest trying it out. Shuffle up three packs. And then the other thing is that you can change heroes. So at the beginning of every turn, you can swap your hero and their token weapon. So you can kind of adapt to whatever hand you draw. So you always have... You know, the best of every play style. It's so much fun. I highly recommend that. I think that should be a huge uh, new shuffle up and play kind of format. Um, it'd be great if they were to feature something like that. I think the Battle for the Belt tournament would be a super cool thing to feature on the website, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I know there's other fan created formats like uh, 
Clash, or uh, I think it was called Clash, right? Yeah, um, Clash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much that's taken off or anything, but I mean, some of the most popular formats, even in like Magic, was Commander, and that was a fan made format. So I think that's something I should actively encourage. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and you know what? I think the something LSS can do on their website is feature really cool things happening at armories in yes. general because. I've had, you know, unfortunately, my LGS has had a tough time recently to to fire armories. And it's it's a shame, but, you know, hopefully we work on it, maybe change the day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the format because obviously it was, it was like draft and it was CC. We switch it up. So I think getting people pretty hyped about armories in general is probably the, the best thing we can do for the game long term. Because yeah, we used to do uh, so. We have like different custom armories as well, where we'd have like a commoner brute knight. You can only play brutes. And it's just a great time. Like everyone's slamming brute attacks into each other, you know? That's like like that gets people super hyped to play like casual games. Yeah. Especially and, that don't break your wallet. Like it's commoner. Everybody can play that, you know? And we didn't talk a lot about Dallas, but you know, obviously there was a big calling. But in tandem with it, I believe there was also CubeCon for uh Magic the Gathering. Now you know, there's some cubes float like floating out there in in flesh and blood already. I I would highly encourage cubes. If you build one, maybe talk to your LGS about maybe running a cube draft at your LGS. If if you typically get like eight folks at your at your armory, that would be a, a really fun thing to do. Kind of like yeah, let's break the mold a little bit. Let's not you know let's kind of create an even playing field for everybody. So you know. You know, so, so not the pro at the scene is 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 That's the most. Super fun. Yeah, yeah. It seems there's a there's a ton you can do, and I I would I would encourage a lot of people to kind of like look at that right when when they're talking to their LGSs about the armory because like you know the armory the 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 game stores that care will ask, hey, what should we be doing different, right? And uh, you know they've they've asked myself and and some other players at, at our LGS, and we're we're trying to figure it out, so. You know, those are some uh, good things. So if, if you're having trouble getting some things going, try to get wild, get a little crazy. Who cares, right? It's a game. Let's have some fun. But Exactly, yeah. Um, this has been a, a fun episode, Dagan. I, I was really happy that you came on, and uh, you're the best. I, I just, you know, adore you to hell. You know, you're, you're the best, and, and I'm really happy you came on. We're going to we'll make a better habit of it. I think, you know, I think you should be a mainstay on this show at this point. Come on. Like, we... <laughs> that, honestly, that means a lot. I really appreciate it. It's always fun hanging out. Uh, yeah. I don't really show my face online that often. So <laughs> that's right. Well, last time we had you on, uh, we just had the picture of you in, in, in jail <laughs> on, on this, on the, on the video, but this, we actually got you, your beautiful face. So, um, if you have anything to plug, I, I know that, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, we didn't mention your Patreon directly, but you did mention mm-hmm. the guide that you have on your Patreon. Please plug the Patreon because it is a great resource for a lot of players that are trying to get a little bit more, um, you know, get more of a competitive edge, uh, especially if they're they're into the kind of similar play styles you are. So please plug all of that, and obviously everything will be in the show notes as well as well as well as your father's. Um, short story i want to throw that in there too for anybody oh, interested. yeah awesome um yeah you can find me on twitter at kadachi one uh the word one and then i have pinned uh my current bravo guide which is 
the exact list I'm playing and my plan into every matchup. It's exactly what I do. There's nothing hidden. It's all there. Um, I actually, there was one guy on Twitter um, that won a ProQuest this weekend using my guide with the exact list, and I thought that was super cool. Oldham, that used to happen a few times, so, you know, maybe the content's pretty good. I don't know. You can check it out for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I definitely recommend it for anybody trying to get a little bit of an edge and uh, support our friend here, who's a, who's, who's a, a bud through and through. So uh, you can continue to find me on Twitter at FreshBudsPod. Check out the Buds Discord. It's a great place to hang out. This is all in the link tree below. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. If you're on Spotify or whatever, give us a rating or go check out the YouTube or whatever, vice versa. All of it helps become us become a little bit more discoverable. And then also check out my other new podcast that I do with my cousin, Maddie where we talk about indie video games. Uh, we, we love the independent spirit over here. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're, review, we're reviewing indie games. And uh, this week we did uh, Wizard with a Gun, which is a new one from Devolver, which was uh, interesting. It was, it was uh, I did not think the review would go the way I thought it would uh, when I first started playing the game. So go check that out. It'll all be in the show notes. And um, finally, Dagan, I always like to talk about food. At the end of the show, what's some food that you want to feature? Maybe something you had over the weekend or recently, or maybe something that you wish you would eat in between rounds uh, when you're starting to get a little hungry. Uh, I, I pack granola bars, like chocolate chip granola bars uh, for tournaments and stuff. I don't pack ham sandwiches, but maybe I'll need to consider that in the future, honestly. Um, I did have some really good tacos this weekend in minnesota there was a small taco place and you know they're always going to be amazing when they have a sign at the front that says please be patient we don't speak english oh yeah. those are the best kinds so really good fried tacos uh incredible um, i forget the name of the place and i feel bad but it was around the corner from the dreamer's vault so i'm sure you can find it if you google it online but uh yeah well next time i'm in um minnesota which i've never been to i want to go to my favorite bands from there I will check it out. And um, unfortunately, we don't have time for Charmer yet again, but I'm sure we'll get some time eventually. Thank you all. Please have a wonderful and safe Halloween and good luck on all of your ProQuests. And uh, as with the rest of you, I am also looking forward to the day where we do not have to face a three-of-a-kind turn with Rain Razors. So... Goodbye, thank you, and love you. Good riddance.